Welcome everyone to a August hot and sweaty episode of Book Rage. Um, it's not that hot in my office. Oh really? It's pretty hot here and I have a fan on and I just can't turn it off no matter how much it screws up the sound, people. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but I don't but love you that much. By making you turn off the fan. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's appropriate that it's hot and sweaty because we're talking about Ontario and Ontario is usually a humid swamp in the summer. It is. It is. Well, at least Toronto is. Yeah, that's why people pour out of out of Ontario in July and August and come down to the Maritimes where you're likely to get a sea breeze and be a little cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you don't have one today. No, we don't. We didn't we didn't book rage it. Are we too oh. Book Rage Book Rage Book Rage Book Rage Book Rage There you go. Really? Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> That, that got it all out of me. Um, the heat has gone to your brain. It has. I'm like one of those people in the movie that cracks up from the heat. Um, guess who I get to talk about again? Who? Guess who is an Ontario author? Who? I can't guess. You read to Marian me. Engel, the author of Bear. <laughs> you can't talk about Bear again. We've only... I want to talk about Bear in every podcast. Uh, yeah. On, it is. Humans having sex with bears, well, one human having sex with one bear. Yeah, well, I, the Huffington, Huffington Post article I did go track down and read, and it was, like, entitled WTF Canada, Mary, yeah. <laughs> you know, Marion Angles Bears. I was like, whatever. Apparently she wrote 12 other books. I've read none of them. <laughs> well, of course not, because you'd be famous, most famous Canadian style for the bear sex novel. I'm just... I'm kind of frightened to find out what the other ones contain. Uh, who knows? I, um, it's funny because I... Wolverine sex. No, no. I mean, it could be anything. No. I have to go to Canmore, though, on Friday. So I'm going to Canmore, Alberta, which is near Banff, um, you know, the National Park and all that. And so anyway, they have a lot of bears. So, Are you planning on having sex with a bear? I'm not. But, like, you know, maybe a bear will fall in love with me and... Something will happen. Anyway, I'll let you know on the next podcast. <laughs> uh, seems like a way that you might die. <laughs> yeah, you think. There is that Leonard, what is it, um, Leonardo DiCaprio scene in The Revenant, which is based on the book, where he gets attacked by the bear. Um, I think we mentioned all this. We should really move on <laughs> to something new. Um, Sorry, I got it totally off track. Yes. I just had to, like, anytime I can bring up bear, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, well, now, okay, so we're talking Ontario books. Um, I have one. <laughs> I'm so envious. Um, I wish I had wine. No, not wine. One. One. Oh, I um, thought you said I have wine. I was like, oh. God. No, but I, I did. It's I, 11.30 in the morning, but I would still have, like, a glass of wine right well, now. Well, I told you, I don't know, did I mention the book that I bought at the last podcast just for you? It's called Wine All the Time, How to Make Drinking Look Normal, or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I can Google it if we really want to know, but it was just about being, like, you know, not French, as in Parisian France, but able to carry off regular wine drinking without having people think you're a major alcoholic. 
You're just. I don't know. Do I accomplish that? I don't know. I don't know. It's just you know, it's it's like classy wine drinking. You know, oh, there's nothing classy about me. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> well, then you're clearly an alcoholic. No, um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I bought the book for you because I thought it might help. I was like, yeah, that really looks like Denise. So I'll have to interlibrary loan it. It's going in the catalog. Wine all the time. I'm sure that's what it's called. I'm gonna, I'm gonna interlibrary loan it. You yeah. know, I have some foolish rule where you won't let me borrow it because it's new or something. No, let's not even get going about that because it'll be a okay. library-specific rant that won't be polite. Um, we should just talk books. Okay, so what was your book? Okay. okay, I'm super excited about this. Now, I confess it is a reread, but but I reread a book that I read when I was like mm, 14, 12, which is like eons ago now. So um, the good news is that it's so held up. You know how... Oh, good. Yeah, it good. was brilliant. It was so funny. Um, it is by an author, a uh, Canadian author, Ontario. Uh, I don't think... Well, actually, I'd have to really look up where he's born. But he's definitely Ontario. I did Google that. And his name was Donald Jack. And it's called... I want to get the right title because there's a bunch of them. Three Cheers for Me by Donald Jack. And it is about Bandy Bartholomew, who is a boy from a farm in Ontario who signs up to go to war in World War I. And so the whole book is comedic, which is unusual for war books. Um, and it's about his efforts, adventures in the army during the war. And it... it it even starts before he leaves and how he has to like extricate himself from town. Like, and oh my God, Donald Jack is like some kind of unsung genius, which I am now singing his praises because he was a funny, funny writer. It's kind of like the P.G. Woodhouse of Canada. Okay, it's that good. And I, remember, I don't think I've actually ever read any P.G. Woodhouse, so compare him to something better. Uh, oh, oh no! The Americans are like blasphemy. Yeah. Okay. Something American. Oh my God! I don't think Americans have a sense of humor, so I don't know. Um. Um. So Jack Donald Jack Donald Lamont Jack yes. was born in England, grew up in Britain, emigrated to Canada after the war became a Canadian citizen in 1964. Oh, well, that explains everything, because he's making fun of the English through a Canadian perspective. Because, see, Bandy goes to Britain, and he ends up as a flyer, a pilot, in the war, okay? And he ends up, like, driving colonels and crazy, like, driving the upper class crazy, um, just by his complete lack of awareness of the whole class system. And, you know, even meets the king really inappropriately. <laughs> um, How does one meet the king inappropriately? Well, in the like bathroom. might be bathroom. Yeah. yeah, in the bathroom, absolutely. Uh, before <laughs> getting... She called it. Yeah, you totally called it. Before getting a medal pinned on. Um, Bandy Bartholomew, he has a face like a horse, or 
people are always referring to his blank expression or his face and they're thinking he's shell-shocked or something and it's like no his face always looks like that um you know so it's just it, that's a nice way to have people refer to yeah, his face always looks like that yeah no he's like always giving people the heads up like no my face always looks like that um so it's just really really funny funny book and I mean it was actually the only way because I will go back to mentioning once again that I'm very shallow the only way that I learned about World War One uh, was through reading Donald Jack because he actually does have quite a bit of detail about being in the trenches and then also about being a pilot um, and it really is that British sense of humor. Oh, oh, we could compare him to kind of Monty Python. That's 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 a little more current in the sense of um, a little bit absurdist. Well, in the sense of always look on the bright side of life. Um, maybe a little life for Brian in there. You know, just a very British take. But I, I, like I said, now that I know he's from Britain, it all makes sense. I, and like I said, he's using the Canadian perspective to really make fun of the British, which. Um, considering my grandfather was Irish, I really approve of. <laughs> and so, anyways, I was delighted. I was delighted. I was on fire. This is the happiest I've been on the podcast so far this year by rereading this. Because, you know, when you're a kid and you read stuff and you just think it is laugh, your ass off funny, it usually isn't when you're no longer a kid. Well, you have so many then things that happen in your life that you just don't have the that release of being able to just laugh your ass off at things. Well, I don't know. I think the problem was this is a sort of sophisticated class comedy with a lot of wordplay, so it really means that I was a weird little kid, but um, it's, it's just like I said, anyone who enjoys British comedy... Uh, is going to love this. And then you get the extra zing of having it be a Canadian character who, through a great deal of um, luck, uh, uh, just happenstance, does quite well in the war in a sense. Um, you know, and there's even an English girlfriend with a, a manor and her crazy family. And oh, just. You know, and I mean, it's terrible in a sense because it does make light of, you know, people dying in the war. But I think that's probably the sense of humor is how a lot of people got through the war. And it kind of captures that, right? Um, so anyways, really good. I, If I had time, I would go back and reread the whole series. There's at least three other books or two other books. I so. think, it, yeah, it's, I mean, there is a, um, there is a whole... Wikipedia article if people are interested in it. I've just kind of been skimming through it, and it does look interesting. It should have and totally been made into a series, a BBC series. They would do it right. And Hugh Laurie would have to play Bandy Bartholomew. <laughs> that is the best. Do you think he has a face like a horse? Kinda. 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 He went to L.A. and he got good American hair, but he's still got an English face with the big eyes and the teeth. <laughs> American hair and an English face. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how Americans all have good hair because of the product and stuff. 
the styling. Um, except, of course, for President DT. <laughs> he doesn't have good hair. Oh, we cannot speak of that man. No, uh, we can't. But you know what? It was enjoyable to watch last night the coverage of him looking directly into the sun during the eclipse. The one thing you ain't tell you not to do, that's the thing he does. Yeah, so we all better not to tell him, no one better tell him to, like, you know, not use the nuclear bombs or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, we're off on a tangent. We need to get back to books. So how about another Canadian immigrant then? Okay. Uh, Emma Donahue. Oh, yes. She grew up in Ireland. She moved to Ontario with her partner. Um, they have, I think, two kids. Oh, yeah. One at least. Um, so she's written several books. She mostly writes historical fiction, but the book she's most well-known for is not historical fiction, it's Room, which was later made into a movie, but the book is much, much better and very, very disturbing. Um, her most recent novel was The Wonder, and so that is actually set in Ireland, and it's about a nurse trained by Florence Nightingale uh, who is hired to watch over this young girl who um, the town people claim hasn't eaten in four months. So she's supposed to go there and figure out if, it's, if this is actually a miracle. And then, and then it explores the whole thing about, you know, blind religious devotion, superstition, living in these isolated small towns. It's very interesting. Now, I, I'm pretty sure Emma Donahue has a kid's book out that she is more has, recent. and I have it borrowed, but I haven't had a chance to read it. It's called The Lottery Plus One. Right, yes. And that is set in Canada, I think, too. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I just borrowed it. Hang on. But I have not had a chance to read it because... Um, you know. Well, it's totally it's totally different for her because it's a kids book. I'm sure this is yeah, it's um Macmillan Books 2017. The first in a series of novels aimed at readers aged 8 to 12. And bah, 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 bah. yeah, Jason it's set in it's set in Toronto. So, you can eventually get to reading Emma Donahue writing in Toronto. And it's uh, very LGBT plus positive. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lesbian couple, there's a gay couple, they adopt kids, they have kids, they move them in together in this big mansion. So I'm really looking forward to reading that book, but I have not had a chance yet. You know what? If you buy it, too, for, for listeners out there, um, profits go to a um, couple of ch a bunch of charities, I guess. Uh, no, a nonprofit working in literacy and girls' education across communities in Asia and Africa. And so, oh. so far, it's raised 100000 which is pretty good. That is interesting. That is good to know. Yeah, so you can read and do good at the same time, which, if you're lazy and me, is awesome. <laughs> oh, no, there are easier ways to be lazy and, and do good. <laughs> you can just um, set up a, a monthly deduction in Canada Health to go to certain charities. <laughs> and then you have, you have to do... You don't have to sign checks anymore. <laughs> it just, bam, comes out. Nice. 
Nice, excellent. Uh, yeah. I'm a lazy do-gooder. Yay! Um, so yeah, Emma Donahue. I would, I would highly recommend her. I would recommend Slammerkin. That one is great. It's a historical novel about this uh, whore. <laughs> I was trying to find a nice word, but no, it's about a whore. Yeah, no, I, I actually audiobooked that one and thought it was really interesting writing. Is San Francisco, I think, for some reason? No, that's frog music. Oh, okay. I audiobooked frog music. That was frog really... Frog music is interesting. Yeah. It's, I didn't know if I enjoyed it, but it stuck with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and since I have a, a big crowd of books in my brain, if I can remember it, it must have been powerful, you know? And she has a book of short stories, too, um, called Astray. Oh, yeah. And it's about people who are strays around the world okay. in various ways. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but it, to me, it felt like I was reading, like, the beginnings of her creative process. Like, she put together a short story, but some of them would have been fantastic novels. Oh, so yeah. So it just really feels like... And then she gives, like... Um, she gives like a little chat about her creative process for some of these short stories, so it's an interesting book. Okay. Um, Especially if you're somebody who is interested in writing. Okay. And then she talks about how she gets to certain things. Well, you know, I typically hate short stories. Don't know why, because, you know, I'm kind of impatient, so you'd think I'd like them. Um, I read a book that was four novels in one and I guess they must have been short novels to pull that off because it wasn't like insanely huge um, it wasn't like Game of Thrones no it wasn't Game of Thrones it was only 400 pages about just to 900 uh, and it's called Seed to Harvest and it is by the immortal Octavia Butler who's uh, a grandmaster of science fiction um of note, she's an African-American woman writer who wrote science fiction at a time where not that many women... Well, I shouldn't say that. Science fiction has always had some strong women, but it was um, definitely not an um, African-American woman doing it. Didn't she win, like, a Caldecott or something? Oh, I think she, she's won a bunch of awards, like the Hugo and so on and so on, and... I kind of wanted to, I just, we had a book sale at work, and I found the book in the leftovers from the book sale, and I was like, oh, I should take that and read it. You know how you do that with books that are, like, lost or homeless sometimes? <laughs> so I, I picked it up, and it was really, really interesting, complicated story. Started in Africa, ended up in North America and the U.S., but... It's about this man who is, his origins are human, but he's kind of like the next step in evolution in a sense of he has the ability to jump from body to body and take over the body and own it, and the person's gone. So he kind of consumes the soul of the person. He can be, you know, man, woman, child, old, black, white, whatever, right? He can take over anyone. And he goes through history going from body to body and manipulating people that he finds 
he controls their life. He has children in various bodies with various women. And it's all to create a new race of people who are like him, who have extraordinary abilities or powers. And the other main character in the book is a woman who is very long-lived and has the ability to like heal herself and and change her own body into like she can make herself old, she can make herself young. And it he basically meets her early in the book and it it follows their story to a certain point and then you go on to the next book and it's sort of a completely different sci-fi story a, a tale of this disease and then the next book is a combination of the two and the next book is the resolution of this oh my god I, I, it's too complicated to explain in a podcast basically um but for serious sci-fi fans you should completely read at least one octavia butler and for other humans, you should read her because her perspective was so unique at the time um, that she was writing that she has really interesting insights into being human that anybody could benefit from, even if you're not interested in sci-fi. Apparently, the lady who directed the new Wrinkle in Time movie, okay, whose name I don't know, but she's she's a compadre of Oprah's, um, director of Wrinkle in Time. I will ask the universe. Um, anyway, this Wrinkle in Time movie looks really good. She's optioned, her name is Ava DuVernay. She's optioned one of Octavia Butler's novels, Dawn or New Dawn, to make into a TV series, which should be really fascinating, actually. Um, but then I always worry. I mean, I haven't read any of these books, so I don't right. have a, a like a horse in the race. But I always worry when they try to adapt them into film because you lose so much. Oh yeah, and you know that's the whole thing about a book. No matter what anyone ever does with a visual media, there's a complexity in books that you cannot translate. You know, there's an experience in books that is real mind chewing matter that you just don't get from watching a film. Yeah. She looks like like a really intelligent filmmaker though cuz this wrinkle in time I saw the um I saw the uh trailer for it and it looks like a really interesting vision of the novel that's been updated. So I'm looking forward to watching it because A Wrinkle in Time is a huge favorite when I was a kid. I read all the series. Were you a Wrinkle in Time fan? I was not. I have read it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I didn't read it until I was in my 20s probably. That is too um, late, really. It's a magical thing when you're a little kid. It just, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't really read a lot of those kids' books. No, oh. you're probably, well, you were reading Stephen King, so you're probably. I was reading Stephen King. You know what I did on my vacation? What? I went to Maine and I went to Stephen King's house. Oh, right, I saw that on Facebook. Everybody. It's my uh, literary pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, how weird would it be to have people just like parking in front of your house and taking pictures of it? Like, how odd. Well, there was, so there wasn't like big security or anything, eh? 
Because I would always be worried if I was Stephen King that some nut would want to, like, track me down and do something. Well, you know, that's just fodder for more. <laughs> yeah, do something horrible to me. I have to wonder how much they actually spend time there. Yeah, maybe it's just like, you know, that's the house in Maine, but we actually live somewhere you all don't know about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, it might be good. I mean, he's not an Ontario writer, but I just had to say it because it was my, that was my vacation thing. I did that. Yeah, yeah. Do we have more Ontario writers? I have tons. Oh, okay. Tons and tons. Right now, I should mention thanks to White Hot for uh, sending us out advanced reading copies, although I could use some more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks to Nova Scotia Provincial Library for sponsoring us. Yes. And uh, yes, follow you. us on the Twitter at BookRage Podcast so you can uh, find out about books we're reading. So, um, you know who we should mention? Who? Margaret Atwood. I mean, how could you talk about an Ontario writer without mentioning That is so funny. Margaret Atwood, my husband heard her in an interview, and she's like 70-something, and she was just just saying how crazy it was that she is like hotter than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, they're making the TV series. No, she was saying she's hotter than ever, as in her career, right? Yeah, I was like... Uh, you know, like physically hot. No, I mean, well, menopausal. Really looking at her that way, but uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I mean, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale right now is on my library's top ten for most requested books. Oh yeah. Um, it's become huge again because of that TV series, and the TV series became huge because let's face it, we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> frightening, frightening thing. <laughs> Yeah, because um, yeah, she writes everything. She writes mystery. She writes, like, those near-future dystopians, which Handmaid's Tale, but, like, Orcs and Crake and that whole series. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you, Have you read much by Margaret Atwood? Oh, yeah. I, I read The Handmaid's Tale, and I saw the movie. And then I read some early stuff of hers, like The Edible Woman and stuff like that. But I, I, as I get older... I liked her less. I don't know why. Um, and I've tried some more recent stuff and haven't succeeded. I don't know why. Yeah, like I didn't really love The Heart Goes Last, but I did read it. I tried um, to do it. I did try. Because it sounded like my kind of thing, right? But yeah, yeah. didn't work for me. Did you try Oryx and Crake? Yep, didn't work for me. Really? Yeah. I would have thought. Um, my favorite by her um, is Lady Oracle. But, again, I read that years ago, and it's one of those things I'm worried that if I reread it, it's not going not gonna to come through the same way. Yeah, well, that is, that is entirely possible, right? So you got to be really careful, because you, you can ruin a book with a reread. You can. You can. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Books that you hold dear and then you're like, oh. Yeah. 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 Don't do it. Got to be careful for sure. Um, Yeah. Well, she's amazing. Um, Let's face it. We got nobody else like Margaret Atwood. No. And she's not going to live forever. No. And uh, I mean, go read all of her stuff. Read it now. Yeah, I'm sure she'd prefer that if you read her while she was still alive. 
Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I saw her do a reading in Halifax. Um, oh, that's at, amazing. Uh, Rebecca Cohen. And she's just so dry and sarcastic. It was like, oh my God, you're the best. <laughs> I just want to drink wine and listen to you talk the whole time. That's Did funny. She's just got that, that uh, she's so sharp. And yeah, I like her. Yay. I know she's not everyone's favorite, but whatever. Those people are wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, my future daughter-in-law likes her, so I, I always try because, you know, I respect her. Um, what I, drove me crazy, though, and I don't think, I'm just looking now, but you can't get a, um, you can't get a, a downloadable audiobook for The Handmaid's Tale on Overdrive. Yeah. Which is super, super annoying. Super annoying. Because I want to audiobook it. I think I would do it, you know. Oh, uh, do I suck? No. Is that audiobook? <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't be looking this out. always a good question. Do I suck? Yeah, well, you know, if you're the boss, you should probably ask it once in a while, shouldn't you? But, you know, it's funny. The thing that drives me crazy about Canadian fiction sometimes is that you literally cannot find audiobooks a lot of the time. Of no. things that you think, why the hell is that not an audiobook? And the audiobooks uh, that you do find are often abridged, which is the worst thing ever. Yeah, that's just crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know why anyone would ever... I, you know. I don't understand. No, I don't know why anyone would ever do that to a book. That's just weird. It's just like teasing you with some of the book. Yeah. Book, but not really... Yeah, and, you know, we're going to give you the sucky version of the book. Um, I don't know. Anyway, we could go on about that forever. But I was just like, hmm, why? Why, Lord, why? Um, so, yes, the world needs a downloadable audiobook of A Handmaid's Tale that can fit on my phone. So, um... Somebody needs to get on that. Two other books. That yeah. I want to mention, we're both Canada Reads this year, mm -hmm. and um, I think that you should read both of these. Okay. Um, one of them is Nostalgia by M.G. Basanji. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought Nostalgia was going to win, Canada Reads didn't. Spoiler, okay. <laughs> spoiler alert for something that happened last March. Um, <laughs> In case you missed the news. <laughs> I wasn't enamored with the book, but I thought he was going to read, or I thought he was going to win Canada Reads because it's got, like, um, wealth, inequality, immigration, it's set in the future, it's got, um, he, there's this treatment where people um, can live a really long time, so instead of being driven crazy by their really long lives and remembering everything, they just kind of flush all that out and you become a whole new person. Oh, yeah. And um, and then the people who are rejuvenated, though, uh, they, they live a really long time, but they keep all their wealth and status. Oh, yeah. So then the people who are born young... Are screwed. Are screwed. <laughs> so they're, like, really super unhappy. Yeah. So I thought... Um, I thought that one was going to win. The one that did win Canada Reads this year was 15 Dogs by Andre Alexis. Uh -huh. And um, 
it's got two Greek gods are drinking in a Toronto pub, and they start talking about what it is to be human, the human condition. And so uh, Apollo um, makes a bet that animals with human intelligence would be more unhappy than humans, and he and Hermes give 15 dogs human consciousness. Oh. Mm. So um, it's really interesting, but there are very few people I would recommend the book to because those dogs have bad lives. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, (laughs) a a friend of mine who was pregnant at the time said, oh, yeah, I was thinking of reading that book. I like dogs a lot, and I was like, do not read that book. (laughs) Yeah, maybe read it. It will be nothing but tears for you. (laughs) Yeah, maybe if you don't like dogs, it might be the book to read, but... (gasps) Yeah, it's just, um, like, what I think Alexis is doing is he's trying to show what it is to be human by exploring it through the eyes of animals. Uh Uh-huh. But, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cruelty. There's a lot of, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. and do we really, yeah, Do is being human being cruel and horrible? I, I kind of think that it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that, eh? Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a big part of it, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. well, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, happiness. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so, what else we got? We're at... 33 minutes. So we How many books have you read this year? Did you keep track? I did. Um, I just finished one this morning on the way to work, actually. Um, I just finished Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz, mm-hmm. which, if you're an Agatha Christie fan or a murder mystery whodunit fan, is really required re- reading because it dissect, dissects, dissects the genre through... A, the eyes of an editor who's involved in a current story. I just want to hear, keep hearing you say dissect. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm having a very Nova Scotia morning apparently on my pronunciation. It's terrible. The part of the world I live in, people continually pronounce A's and O's and words uh, wrong. And, and the biggest thing locally is everyone says, I seen that, which is grammatically incorrect and I'm always like must not pick up that uh, habit and also don't correct because yeah no you that jerk yeah you can't correct you can't correct even though you want to correct you can't correct so you will be an ass um so how many books have you done then okay hang on I'm just getting the count uh it is very sad compared to you 36 books 36 books excellent Yes. Well, all reading is excellent, but this whole process of keeping track of my reading has, A, led me to two profound conclusions. One, I'm not very organized because I seem to struggle to do it. And B, that um, I don't read as much as I thought I did. I thought I was a big fancy pants reader, (laughs) but I'm not. But, you know, that being said, I think I have abnormal expectations of how much reading is normal because I only know people like you. Um, because I read too much. I read all the time. It's weird. I was really distressed this morning. I got into Tim Hortons and there was a lineup and I didn't have my phone with me. And it's not because I wanted to text people. It's because I've got a book on my phone that I usually read when I'm in line. Yeah. 
being in line without a book is really like it makes me anxious. <laughs> well, see, the weird thing is, is I have a two-hour commute, like one hour one way, one hour back, right? So every day I I read two hours because I'm listening to an audiobook. Yeah, and that you also listen to podcasts. No, I'm just listening to audiobooks these days. Okay, so I'm just I'm like hardcore audiobooking it, right? And I'm like, so I essentially read two hours a day, but that's not enough for me. Not to distract you from your reading, mm-hmm. but there's a podcast I'm listening to right now that is hilarious. Oh, oh, hilarious! Hilarious! I almost drove off the road and killed me. <laughs> and Chantel, Chantel and I were driving somewhere together, and uh, it's called "My Dad Wrote a Porno." Oh, right, right, right. Okay, you were telling. Have I told you about this? Yeah, you were telling. I gotta, I gotta go listen. I gotta go listen in. The guy's dad wrote an erotic novel, and it's just like <laughs> it is something. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen to that. I mean, it's. And that's, I, I mean, he's reading a book to you. Every week they read a chapter. Oh, yeah. So you're getting a book in there. I mean, it might be the worst book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's but that. You're getting a book in there. <laughs> well, this um, one that I just finished, Anthony Horowitz, who I've never read before, although he has written lots and lots of books, um, was quite well done. It was very, very clever in terms of the mystery... Uh, and how it was dealt with. I thought he did more like like action suspense stuff. Mm, he he did some Bond, like some modern Bond books. Oh, so maybe that's where I'm getting. Yeah, that from. he was hired to do that. Um, hired gun. He's done a lot of kids books. He has a series of action kid book kid yeah, books. Yeah, like too. well, they're like uh, spy or something. There's a big spy series. Like middle school. Yeah. Late middle school. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was, this was, um, he created his own Hercule Poirot, Miss Marple character and has a a detective in a series of novels and the main character is the editor of the series of novels and you get both the novel and the current book that she's in and it gets quite complicated, but it was very good, um, and I was a little worried because you spend the first portion of the book getting a lot of the book within the book. Oh. And then they go away from it because part of the mystery revolves around um, where are the last chapters of the book. So they, ta- they take you through this Agatha Christie style mystery until, you know, you get to almost the part when he's going to reveal the murderer. And then they go into the main story and you're like, oh, Yeah, and so eventually, thank goodness, I'm not really spoiling it, but I don't want people to have anxiety while they're reading this book, is it it does come back, so you you can essentially resolve both books. It's a book within a book, which I've never really experienced before, although probably that's a theme for a show. You just have to do a lot of serious research to find books within books. I, uh, you know what? There are books within books. So. I know. Like, it would be a thing, but it would just involve some serious deep Googling to sort that out. The last book I finished, which um, I feel like maybe I shouldn't even tell you what number book I've finished. Oh, no. You you might as well toot your own horn. You are the... I, I bow down to your 
geekiness. You are the queen of books on this podcast. I'm, I'm not well on this podcast. On this podcast. Beat me last year. Yeah, no, I know. And and you know what? I don't know where like friends of mine are at and, and they're sort of I think they might be in your league. There should be a league of readers, like, you know, <laughs> and there should be points and there should be like a world smackdown. I think that everything would be better if we had that. There but. are people who read a lot more than I do. Yeah. Um so I finished book sixty six. Yay! And it was Dolan's Cadillac and other stories by Stephen King, fittingly oh enough. Yeah. Um, so these are some short stories. They're newer short stories. Um, and they're not as creepy as some of his older short stories. But when I started thinking about it, his short stories are the ones that mostly stick with me and creep me out the most. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I did read a book of short stories by Stephen King and I would agree with that. Like like The Mist? Yeah, well, there was this one, Green Sleeves or something. Oh, God, this Nazi. And anyways, it freaked me out so badly I didn't read Stephen King for a while. But it was definitely a short story. I think. And The Raft? The yeah. Raft freaked me out. Yeah, I think it's because the horror that he, like, the short story is super packed with horror, whereas the novel kind of... Has I to like give how he develops rest. characters, and I like his novels, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, the Stand is fantastic. Right. Uh, that's one of my favorites. I love all of the Gunslinger series. Oh, I'm, I'm trying. kind of afraid to see the movie. I'm trying Although to I would do. like to see Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, his short stories just, they pack that creep right in there. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to do the Gunslinger before the movie, because I'm a little worried about that, too. Yeah, the Gunslinger series is fantastic. Okay, so I need to it do it. It is really, really good. Yeah, so I need to do it because I got it as an audiobook. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna renew it or download it or something again. Because I'm going, yeah. I'm going on this trip, so I should have some audiobook time. Because apparently the movies on planes now are terrible. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes like with planes, they don't give you more they're just like yeah screw you do whatever yeah like i guess the standard these days and i mean i haven't flown for a while but the standard these days is you have to take your own ipad and yeah. hook up to their system and then you would get a movie potentially but you're watching it on like an ipad then what if you don't have an ipad and they're old movies they're not even like new releases or anything and also they'll probably charge you for that uh, yeah, I think you can get them for free, but they're just, they're just really not, they're, they're, you're getting them for free because that's all you would pay for them. Um, I had a, I had a flight, it was just like a milk run, it was like Moncton to Montreal to Toronto. Yeah. Because that makes it cheap. And, no, opposite, Moncton to Toronto to Montreal. Oh, yeah. And, uh, there was no, no entertainment. But, I mean, I brought four books with me and knitting, so I was fine. <laughs> well, see, that's my thing, right? I'm like, I better bring some audiobooks in case I want to tune out the world, but, like, you know, just relax. Yeah. yeah. Four books and, an audio and, uh, and knitting is enough to keep me entertained for two flights. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I have a flight Friday to from here to or Halifax to Toronto and then Toronto to Cal Calgary, so... 
I got yeah, that's the second one you'll need some. Yeah, I got some. Wine. Time. I would suggest wine. <laughs> well, you know, anyway, we won't even go into my stomach on this podcast because we don't have time for my whining. I have, <laughs> I, I have lots of wine. It's just the kind that's whining as opposed to drinkable. Um, okay, so... Um, you know what I have to tell people about before we go? Like, this is really important, actually. I listened to Behold the Dreamers, which is the latest book that Oprah has recommended, like, as her book club read. Okay. So it's, I don't know anything about this. Oh, I, my, I oh my God. I have a scoop. I have a scoop on Denise. Um, it is Behold the Dreamers, and it's by a woman called Imbolo Mom M. Ooh, geez, M B U E Imbolo Mambui. Yeah, we're gonna have to like. I really need to start le- learning how to Google pronunciations of things. <laughs> anyway, beautiful looking woman, youngish. Um, she's originally, her family's from Cameroon, Africa, and she is a U.S. citizen, but I think she's a new U.S. citizen. So she has the immigration experience personally, and it is a story of a Cameroonian family who moved to America, uh, in 2008, just before the economic meltdown. And the husband overstays his visa and applies for asylum and then brings over the wife who goes to school and they bring over their six-year-old son. And essentially, he gets a job as a chauffeur for a Wall Street uh, wheeler dealer who works at one of the companies that caused the whole kerfuffle. And it's about their relationship and their two families how they interconnect or and interact with each other. So it's like a very rich, white, privileged family. And then it is an immigrant family, uh, black, African, um, living in like a one-room apartment. And their perspective on being in the U.S. and what they're trying to accomplish, like his wife, for example, is determined to become a pharmacist. And, and to get education and to kind of live the American dream. So it's a dissection or an exploration would be better. A really interesting exploration of the American dream through the immigrant lens. And it just, wow, best way to be, understand, be sympathetic, get why people sacrifice so much to come to the U.S. and to come to Canada too. Um, powerful. Did you cry? No, but, like, I haven't had a lot of tears lately for anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) for, you know, unless you're a small kitten that is injured. Oh, my God, I don't even want to think about it. I haven't had any tears for you. Um, but this book is good. It is really well written. And the audiobook version was fantastic because it interwove, like, Cameroonian songs and music, which are, I'm sure, in the text, but it did, like, a really good sound But then you get soundtrack. the actual audio representation yeah. of it. and the dialogue, too, because, you know, there's dialects and, and, and linguistic um, flavors that you're going to miss out unless you hear somebody reading it to you. Because it's, I mean, well beyond my experience, I live in, you know, the middle of nowhere where everybody's pretty much white, Christian, 
and native to the particular location. So anyways, fantastic. Oprah is not wrong. You should read this book. Everybody should read it. So Well, I will look it up. Yeah, feel free. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been nothing but passionate. Not terribly well organized or prepared, but nothing but passionate today. Um, okay, so we're at 47 minutes, so we should get the heck out of this podcast. Any Our next one is going to be Quebec. So oh. people have recommendations for Quebec authors. Wee, wee, wee. Wee, wee, wee. I could use some. French. I assume you don't read French. I don't. Well, you know, I don't. I I don't read it. I don't read it well enough to read a novel in French. No, so. I mean, I, it's very. You know, there's occasionally. I think French film is probably the farthest. I, French film with subtitles is the closest. I. The best you could do. Yeah, like I really love French film, but I never got fluent enough. Like I can pick things apart, paragraph and paragraph, but I just can't. I just never made the leap, sadly. I made efforts, but I wish I could. Anyway, yeah, no. Uh, so the next one, Quebec. Quebec. Okay, well, that gives me time to read a book that I did buy um, by a Quebec author. So I will be able to tell everyone about that next. Excellent. Yes, I think so. Because I felt kind of bad I hadn't read it in time for this podcast because I thought we were squishing Ontario and go back together. Oh, no, there's not enough room to do that. No, it's those too, big. too big. Too big. Too big. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, have a great, uh, you know, month, life, time till we... <laughs> Talk again about books. Random event time. <laughs> yeah, random event time, and you know, till we till we meet again. Okay.